Hello, friends, and welcome to Canvas Conversations on the Canvas Young Adults Podcast from Grant Memorial Church. everyone, and welcome to week two of Canvas Conversations. Uh, in this show, as well as interviews, which you will hear later on in the episode, we are getting together as a host team to discuss uh, world news, current events, conversations happening in a church from a young adult perspective. And so we're excited to be doing that today, but we are going to begin with a quick question around the table. So the question for this week is, if you had to delete all but three apps from your phone, which three apps would you keep? So Matt, let's go over to you. Uh, the three apps I would definitely keep would be Netflix, YouTube, and... I'm already really confused by your answer. Why? I'll be honest. <laughs> well, it's, um, two, it's two video those are platforms. That, yeah. And those are two services, but you're saying specifically you would want those. Do you watch Netflix on your phone? Yeah, all the time. Yeah, what? All the time. Oh. I'm like laying in bed and watching I've never in my life Netflix. watched Netflix on my phone. Shut up. Well, it, that's what screens are for. That's what TVs that's are what for. That's what screens phone are for. No, but, okay, I'm sorry. Those are what big screens are for. Oh, man. You're you, missing you, out. You just got to sit there and stare at your tiny phone screen? Hey, uh, yeah. Do you ever... I, ha, I do watch YouTube, though. Do you ever do the thing where you're watching a video and it's late at night and you're kind of holding it above your face and then you oh, slowly yeah. drift off and you like hit yourself Wait, in the no, face. No, I've never understood this. Who holds it above their face? That requires like I've done it. I've done it. But I've usually, seen Matt do it. Yeah. Like even when he's not falling asleep, sometimes <laughs> he just lies down and starts watching a video like three inches above his face. <laughs> and then I drop that sucker and then it hits the bridge of my nose. Oh man. Okay, so you'd keep Netflix, you'd okay, keep yeah. YouTube. And that's it? Well, I don't, Two apps? Okay, well, then probably <laughs> WhatsApp. <laughs> Do you use WhatsApp? <laughs> Sometimes. Well, yeah, like Maddie's uh, family has a whole group chat on there. Okay. And then I also have a group chat with my classmates. But um, I don't, I wouldn't care if I lost social media, like Instagram right. or Facebook oh. or Twitter. I don't know. Okay, so Netflix, YouTube, and WhatsApp. <laughs> oh, everyone's going to hate <laughs> That's that. That's very, sure. yeah, you're going to get a lot of negative feedback. Nah, bring it. Uh, dear listener, please feel free to reach out to the these people and tell them how much you disagree with their <laughs> wow. choices. Let's move on to Maddie. Maddie, three apps. Um, I would do, now that we're saying if they're similar, feels kind of silly, but I would have done Instagram, Pinterest, and. I would have done WhatsApp too because my whole family's on there. So sure. it's like, you kind of have to. Yeah. <laughs> we should have guessed each other's apps. Oh, that would be good. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I just want to point out, you both have iPhones. I know. And you're using WhatsApp. Yeah, but my parents, parents they're so behind. Androids. Okay, Android isn't behind. Well, they're losers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Hang on. Then, so those are your three, Maddie. Thank mm-hmm. you. Uh, Matt, you guess Colin's three before he says them. It's going to be some crazy, like... Okay. Okay, no, no, no. Let's work it's together. It's going to be like the McDonald's app or Just something. Oh, he does love that. Okay. Yeah, he gets those iced coffees basically for free. Um, <laughs> okay, I think it's going to be... Okay, he just got a new drone. Uh, yeah. And so I think that he's going to have to keep the drone app. I think that's got to be in the top three. So whatever the drone app is that he's using, I don't know what it's called. Sure. Uh, 
Does he does he like social media as much as No. I don't think so. I don't think. YouTube I, though. I think he'd definitely want YouTube. Yeah, in yeah I could, in YouTube over Netflix for sure. So yeah. drone app, YouTube, YouTube and WhatsApp. No. <laughs> <laughs> He's, he's not. Also, he's not. He's also in your way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Collins in your family chats, and I'm not. I'm so hurt. Oh man. Okay. Uh. Okay. So we'll let we'll do two out of three guesses then. Let's say Colin. We think two out of your three will include the drone app. Oh, and Kijiji. Yo, oh yeah, for sure. Drone app, YouTube, Kijiji. Colin, okay. what are your three apps? So I was gonna say Google. I was gonna say Google Maps because like. I, I wouldn't get anywhere without, like, I yeah, use yeah. it on a daily basis, but that comes with my phone. And then Facebook, but that that's instantly installed on my phone for some reason, because that would cover marketplace and social media, sort of, yeah, so I wouldn't need Kijiji. But, yeah. so yeah, I guess the three installed apps would be Spotify. Oh, yeah. First yeah. download. I would definitely keep Spotify, yeah. too. Yeah. Spotify, YouTube. Okay, one out of three. And then, um, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't thinking about the drone app. You don't want to use your drone? I, I love using what my drone. What a waste of money. Uh, man. Guys, call him selling a drone if anyone wants to buy one. Because <laughs> apparently he doesn't need it anymore. Yeah, that, that would probably be the next one because everything else I do on my phone, I can just do it on browser. Okay. Hmm. Right on. So two out of three. Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah, my three apps, I would definitely keep Spotify. Um, I actually find myself leaning more towards Apple Music these days. So let's just say a music streaming service. Uh, Spotify, Apple Music, whatever. I would keep Instagram. I'm the only one here saying that. I love Instagram. I I, I found a good balance with it in my per, in my life and how much I post and engage with it, but I really like it. It's also how I find out the most about what's going on in mm-hmm. the city and different events and stuff. So let's say Spotify, Instagram, and I'm not just saying this because I work at a church, the Bible app. Okay. It, yeah, I, do, yeah. I do find it very helpful. But as I mentioned, this show is called Canvas Conversations, which means we are having conversations based on things that people are talking about. So before we move on, uh, we wanted to talk briefly about an important conversation that is happening in our world today. As you all know by now, in the last few weeks, there have been significant anti-racism protests and movements in countries around the world, uh, especially the United States, but including right here in Winnipeg. And although there have been movements, conversations, protests uh, around the issue of racial injustice for a long time, uh, the murder of George Floyd in Minneapolis in late May seems to have brought renewed passion and attention to this important topic of racism, especially racism towards black people in the United States. And since this has become such an important conversation, including here in Canada, and since this is a podcast that is focusing on current news and cultural conversations, uh, we wanted to address it. However, in discussing as a host team, we also felt that we didn't want to center our voices during this time. Speaking honestly, we're four white people, and although we are all on different points on this journey, We've decided that we want to use this time to listen and learn from others rather than inserting our own voices into the conversation. However, before we move on, we also wanted to make the following statement because we thought it was important to address the subject. As Christ followers, we believe simply that racism is sinful. We affirm that each human being is made in the image of God and is therefore endowed with inherent and equal dignity, worth, and value. 
Therefore, we believe that anything that discriminates against a person, including discrimination based on race, sex, ability, or socioeconomic status, is wrong and is sinful. We lament the racism that exists uh, in all of us, and we lament the systemic racism that is part of many of our societal structures today. And here in Canada specifically, we acknowledge the historical harm that has been done to Black and Indigenous people and people of colour in our country, and we are committed to helping move forward towards equality and justice. As I mentioned, though we unequivocally denounce racism, we've decided that the four of us having an extended conversation about this movement probably wouldn't be productive or helpful. Therefore, we are committing to listening, learning, and praying during this time. And we hope that you'll join us in, to, in continuing to pray for healing in our country uh, as well as in the United States. And so today, uh, we are having a conversation based on a recent study uh, that was published by a group in the States, a research group called the Barna Group. And this came out just a few days ago on July 8th. And I want to say this up front. We are intentionally doing our best not to talk about COVID-19 very often. Um, we're tired of hearing about it. We know that you're tired of hearing about it. So we're not going to talk about COVID-19 very often. But although the study isn't explicitly about COVID-19, we still thought that it was very interesting. So I wanted to bring it. Now, just a quick recap. So the study was focused on church attendance and engagement um, since North America's response to COVID-19 began in March. Uh, so this study was done in the United States, so it should be said the statistics likely wouldn't be exactly the same here in Canada, uh, but there are likely lots of similarities. And it should also be noted that this article was focused on surveying uh, people who identify as practicing Christians. So in this study, they approached thousands of people who identify as practicing Christians to learn about their attendance and engagement with online church during COVID-19. Just for a definition, uh, they define a practicing Christian as someone who not only identifies as Christian, because a lot of people do, even if it's not a super important part of their lives, um, but it's also people who would agree with the following statements, which is that faith is very important in their lives and they have attended church within the last month. So they surveyed practicing Christians, and here's just a recap of what they found in the study. So the study found that 50%, so half, of practicing Christians say that they had uh, streamed their regular church online within the last four weeks. Uh, and 34% said that they had streamed church, but they had streamed a different church service than the one that they usually attend, uh, which this article calls digital church hopping. It also found that one-third, 32% of practicing Christians, uh, said that they have not streamed or attended any services in the last four weeks. But if services had been meeting in person, then they would have attended. Uh, what I thought was really interesting and what I'm hoping to get uh, all of your reactions to is that this trend has affected millennial Christians more than any other age group. 50% half of millennials surveyed said that they have not attended church uh, digitally or otherwise in the last four weeks. And this is a higher impact than it is for Gen X, which is 35%, or boomers, which is 26%. So as you go up in age, you also go up in online church engagement. 
As an interesting side note, uh, the study also noticed that there was a connection between church attendance. Uh, For those who are not attending church, uh, these people tended to respond higher to statements such as, I am anxious about my life, or I feel insecure for at least some of the day. So um, I'd love to hear from you guys. Um, Matt, Maddie, and Colin have had a look at the study as well. What do you guys think? What stood out to you in this study? What do you find surprising? Or does it track with sort of your own personal experience? What do you guys think? Um, Yeah, when I read it, I wasn't super shocked. Um, When it said that like uh, the age bracket of millennials, which is the closest that we can relate to, uh, it sort of made sense because, you know, you talk to your grandparents and they are devoted to their church. They are like, that is their church. They go every Sunday and they'll support anything about it. And I find in our generation, and it might just be because of age, because we haven't grown up in our church as much, but we're often more susceptible to finding different churches or not going to church at all. And so we aren't as sold as this like commitment to the church as we need to be there every Sunday. And so, I mean, I'm at church every Sunday just because I work there. Well, but because I, of your I, employment. I, yes. Yeah, <laughs> I can't say that I would have tuned in every Sunday. And the couple of Sundays that I have like watched from the other side, I find it very hard to stay connected to it just because it's not, it, it doesn't feel like church as much because... You're, you're just watching a screen. It feels like you're watching a show. There's there's a few things to unpack there, and I hope we can come back to some of these points, uh, including maybe why millennials seem to be less committed to a single church than older generations, as well as the online church streaming experience as a whole. But Matt, what do you think? I, it is surprising, but at the same time, again, it's not. Like, I know I've talked to people who are like, yeah, I'm just trying different churches out. Why not? Like, this is the perfect time to do it, Right. Um, but I always find myself going back to the same church, obviously for myself, because that's where my community is, even though it's not face to face, Mm -hmm. but I mean, you kind of still stay connected, right? Like if we do small group, you're doing small group over zoom or over an online, um, platform and you're talking about the same thing that you watched. If you're not, then you can't really have small group. You could. But it would have to be, it wouldn't have to be based off of your church, but. Yeah, no, I was just thinking what you said, Matt, like there's something to be said about doing something together, even if you're not together. <laughs> so for church, even thinking of our small group or our friend circle, um, knowing, oh, they're all watching it too. It, it makes you more motivated to do it. Like that's, I think, um, Colin, you were kind of getting at like what makes us motivated to come to church or what do we, what are we looking for in a community or in a church circle? And I don't know. It's di- like, I haven't felt as motivated turning on church in the morning just because I know it's just me. Like it's, I know my family's there too, obviously in my house, but it's the only accountability is just turning it on. Like, it's not like you go there and you see your, your circle or you go and, um, yeah, like our youth kids aren't there. So they don't see us there. Like the, the whole, um, I think the piece of leading other people or being example to others is motivating to me. And so it's not there when it's online in the same way. It just looks different, but yeah, I don't know. I think, I think I'm, I agree with both of you. It's surprising and it's not all in the same breath. It's surprising when you see a number, I think, um, for me anyway, to see percentages, it's, it's weird to, to think of it that way. But when I think of a friend group or if I think of our circle, 
yeah, like if I could think of specific people. I'm not going to say names, but there's people. <laughs> Let's name names. Who's not watching church? Yeah, my list. No. no, but for real, like it's yeah. just, I agree with what you said, Matt. Like if there was ever a time to learn about other churches or to see what other communities are doing or how they do worship or I don't know, just jumping into that at all. Now is the time there's the accountability is just different. The actual mm-hmm. presence you have to have, it's not there. So yeah, when you're, when I think that if on a regular Sunday, when we're in the building, if I were to miss, not the church would crumble, but just like, you're not there and yeah. people sometimes notice for sure. some, for some individuals. So yeah, there's an accountability yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I think for me, that's a big part of this online portion. That's the hardest part for me is just thinking, what does that look like now? And how, and we do still have a, there has to be accountability still, and there still is an impact we have even by showing up online. So yeah, that's kind of my thoughts about it right off the top. I, I did think I did find it surprising though that 50% of millennial practicing millennial Christians haven't attended. And by attended, I suppose we're just meaning watched or viewed mm-hmm. a church service in the last four weeks. Uh, and again, practicing Christians. So this isn't just anybody off the street. <laughs> that would number would not surprise me at all mm-hmm. if you were just polling anybody between 18 and 30. But to know that people who normally in normal seasons, would be attending a church, would be making an effort at least once a month, likely more than that, to step into a church building on a Sunday morning mm-hmm. are now not, yeah. aren't turning on the TV, aren't, you know, connecting to the stream. Does that, is that just part of what this is and everyone's adjusting to a new season? Or do you guys think that actually is telling us something deeper about the way that a lot of millennials see church and are connecting with church? I think it definitely is. That's that gets me upset <laughs> just because I know if, yeah, like I said before, if it doesn't fit what we want, then we kind of just stop it. And I feel that a lot of the times because, which doesn't make any sense because we're always on social media as millennials, like we're known, oh yeah, all about uh, YouTube and Netflix and <laughs> yeah, what well, you are yeah, yeah. and and Instagram and social media and being on our phones. That's why you want to keep the YouTube app, right? Yeah. So that you can for, stream for church. Grant. Heck yeah. And then. But yeah, and then they just stop when it comes to church. That just gets, that rubs me the wrong way. But there was kind of like a keyword you said, Dom, a second ago about like showing up on a Sunday. Like, is yeah. this just something that, I don't know what the stat is measured by. Is it by like, did you watch it between nine and 12? Like on a Sunday during church time? Right. Or is it like, are people still getting that, that material and that like watering or I don't know a better word. Are they still getting that um, knowledge in a different format and a different time in a different way? Like I right. just, I know church, you have to label it something. It has to look like something. It can't just be like, Oh, I talked to the wind and that's my church. Like that's not really, it's not the same. Like you have to have some kind of. I think structure. it also helps that when you go to church, either. Well, for me anyways, like during this time when I'm going to church, I know I have to get up and then drive to church. Yeah. And I have something to work towards. You know what I mean? Then when it's online, it's like, I just have to wake up and turn on the computer. For some reason, that's 10 times harder. And I can pause it. Well, sometimes that's <laughs> yeah, harder than, you than driving. Distracted. Yeah. And like, I'll just sleep in today and then I'll watch it later. And then Make you end breakfast. up just don't watching it. Yeah. Like, no, I think that 50% isn't all just one answer, obviously. But I think what a majority of it is, and this is just a guess, but it's... It's the Christians who are at church for the look. Going to church is like if you were 
a part of a Christian family growing up and it's like, it, you go to church every Sunday morning, you go to the same church after you move out of your parents' place, they're going to expect you at church every Sunday. Right. Mm-hmm. But now that you're at your house and just have to tune in online, you don't have to do that. And there's no motivation for it. And then it's also just like, uh, the often used term is pew warmers or whatever, <laughs> but those people now get, um, not an out, but they don't have to, uh, you know, go to church every Sunday because they aren't looking for something out of it. They're just going to church to go to church and say, yeah, I'm a Christian. I'm good. Mm -hmm. And so going to church on Sunday is like, okay, you get in your car, you go with your family, but now that it's online, you don't have to, like, you aren't, you aren't feeling like you're you're missing out on anything. Like, cause Hmm. when, I was in Brandon and I, I missed church like a couple Sundays. I I always felt like something was missing. Like I felt terrible for the week and that's just mainly because I didn't get my like church fill on the Mm -hmm. Sunday because I was working or whatever. And so I'd go back, watch the live stream. But when you don't have that missing for it, you aren't going to know or you aren't going to go back to the live stream because that's an hour and a half to two hours that you have to commit out of your Sunday that you could just sleep instead. Exactly. I think a lot of people are just taking the advantage of that. Yep. I think that's part of it, but I can also help but feel that a lot of people who haven't been engaging with online church, it's not just that. And I, I agree, Colin. I think there is a lot of what you're saying that for a lot of people, a lot of people go to church because it's like you said, just what they do. And now with COVID, it doesn't need to be something mm-hmm. they do. So that's um, just a change. But I do think there are a lot of earnest people, like a lot of people who love Jesus, who want to be engaged in a community of faith, who that is a genuinely important part of their lives, but who aren't doing online church on Sunday mornings. Mm-hmm. And and so obviously, like you said, there's no one answer. Everyone who's doing or not, Uh, doing online church right now. It's not that they're all not engaging for the same reason, but I I can't help but feel like there might be people out there who are are earnestly, honestly looking for an online or a faith community, but aren't finding it online. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, And, and by the way, this isn't a knock to (laughs) what most churches are doing now, which is online church, including Grant. Yeah. We're doing online church. Yes. And and doing it and doing it well. And I'm not just saying that to, you know, cause I work there. Like, I I mean that, like there's a lot of work that's going into it. A lot of people love it. We still get lots of engagement. Mm -hmm. And for the people who are attending, I still think it's really important, but I think it's also okay to step back and say, what, what is, what's missing from this mm. in a way that can never with the best production, never be replicated. So I'd love to hear from you guys. What, what do you think is missing from online church? There's an obvious answer, which is other people. Yeah. Community. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's the biggest answer because like in the Bible, the church is described as when two or more are gathered in the name of Jesus and you aren't gathering anymore. You might be gathering with your family on the couch, yeah, but you aren't you aren't interacting with each other it's just the people you like physically my family isn't just the people i live with but on a sunday morning it's just like okay we all sit down we watch the tv it's like when i go to church i go sit with my friends and i worship with my friends and we're worshiping together and then we're learning together and it's that act of being together i and church isn't the building and we know that from scripture 
but the building facilitates how you do church. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like that's the biggest misstep. Like if I was gathering with my friends every Sunday morning to watch the live stream, right? that'd be great. We, right. I feel like we would definitely be getting a lot more out of Sunday morning service mm-hmm. than I've gotten out of like all the Sundays combined that we've had in COVID. Yeah. I think the biggest thing is community. Like I said before, when you, when you go to church, you go to church, you see your friends, you also go with your family usually, but then you also see um, your youth kids or yeah. uh, your young, like your young adult friends, or even sometimes your mentors. Like I know there's people in the church that have um, elderly people that they look up to that they go and have a coffee with every now and then on the, on the, on the Sunday morning in the sure. cafe area. Yeah. They can't do that no more. So when they go to church on their couch and watch it, they're missing out on that. And, but then again, you can go online again and, um, and video chat with your with your mentor with your youth kids or whatever, which we'll talk about later. Because I think it also that takes a toll, right? Because I know that when it was like a month in, I was tired of of everything of Zoom of yeah. of being on call every Friday and then every Sunday and then every Wednesday. Like it was just this sort of like habit and routine that was not. I just didn't enjoy. I'd rather be there with them because you kind of sit at your computer and it's the same thing again. And even though you're getting that community aspect of it, you're still missing on the physical aspect of seeing them and talking with them. I was just thinking of Kayla, who I know is coming on the podcast at some point in the summer. Yep. She'll be on later. <laughs> hey, Kayla. Um, Kayla's a good friend of mine. And I'm really encouraged by seeing the way that she jumps into screens. Like I know she's been leading a small group in Canada so she's in Canada leading a small group that's located in Brazil entirely through video even before COVID started. And so to see that was a choice, like we all did that because we had to, <laughs> <laughs> wasn't really a lot of options, but to see her be excited about connecting with her girls or telling me about it later and just saying how, how rich of an experience it can still be. That's really encouraging. Yeah, I don't know if sure. I've personally felt that yet with like love my small group love like I love all these circles yeah. it's not that it's not it's not that it's missing but I think that attitude is so important like to see that in her was really encouraging for me to then go into my small group or my yeah youth group and and be genuinely excited about connecting with them and um yeah just seeing what's going on in their lives but that attitude is huge absolutely yeah and I I appreciate that example because if I'm certainly like you, Matt mentioned, I'm very tired of Zoom calls and <laughs> yeah. fortunately haven't had very many recently, which has been a nice break. <laughs> but if there's one thing I'm more tired of than those calls, it's hearing about how tired people are of those calls. I know. Yeah. And and I I agree. I totally get it. But it's all it's very refreshing to hear about somebody like Kayla, who I'm sure knows. I, I don't want to speak first, probably listening. So <laughs> Kayla, maybe text Correct us, us. <laughs> and you, we can add this later. But like there's something to be said for somebody who understands the limitations, knows it's not perfect, mm-hmm. but is pushing through anyway because they know the big picture of what church is can still be moved forward during this time. Even if it's different, even if it's one-sided, there's still, we can still engage as the church, mm. um, although it is very different. 
And so I, I don't want us to fall into a trap of going, man, you know, watching church through a screen, that's not mm. church. It, it, it is and it isn't. It mm. obviously is missing some things, but I do still think it's important for us to to keep kind of connecting, even when it's a grind, because we honestly still need each other. We mm-hmm. still need to learn from the word. We still need to worship. And the Sunday morning model for church isn't in the scripture. There's no, it doesn't say yeah. meet it on Sundays at nine and 11. There's no, there's no formula prescribed in scripture in terms of the model that we use, but certain things are prescribed. Meeting together, like you said, mm-hmm. Colin, is is commanded. Right. Worshiping God as a group is commanded. Learning from scripture, sitting under teaching, good biblical teaching is commanded. We use the Sunday morning model because that's what we're used to. That's what our culture's used to. That's what Christians have done for hundreds of years. But maybe what we're seeing now, and I'd love to get your guys' thoughts on this, is maybe a reimagining. Because when I hear 50% of millennials say they haven't streamed a Sunday morning service, I think, okay, that's not great on its face, Mm. but maybe this is just a reimagining. I mean, I'm imagining the best case scenario here. (laughs) This is me extending a lot of goodwill to those millennials, but maybe they're meeting with people throughout the week. Maybe they're doing the Zoom calls. Maybe they're finding other new, interesting, fresh, creative ways to continue growing in their faith and continue doing what scripture is telling them to do, just not in the 11 a.m. on Sunday morning model. Yeah, I was going to jump on that with um, like when, when we first heard that statistic, because I'm sure the people that aren't just pew warmers and stuff like digital is probably just not for and not just digital, but like live streaming. Right. Probably it just isn't for them and they need like a different way of getting the word in scripture um, connecting with the Lord. And they're probably, there's probably ways to do it and they're probably doing it. And so, yeah, maybe Sunday morning church on YouTube mm-hmm. isn't for them, but th- I'm sure there's other ways that we're missing or mm-hmm. blindsided by. Something I was just thinking for myself is how has my actual personal relationship with Christ been affected by uh, church moving on to Sunday uh, mm-hmm. on to online. Yeah. Mm. Because when I, when I think about how my week goes, like Colin said before, when I look at Sundays and I look at uh, Sunday morning, I usually go there for, yeah, the worship. Uh, but honestly, the worship isn't the biggest part for me. It doesn't matter if I would go to the church with the best worship in the world. It would still be the teaching that I usually go for to church for. Yeah. Cause I like, getting taught and then being fed, then you kind of carry that onto your week. That's how I've always uh, looked at church. And so when it comes on to Sunday mornings online, it's still the same thing for me. Like you're still looking at it, you're still receiving and you're being fed. Um, But something I thought was how has my actual personal relationship with Christ changed because it shouldn't in all reality. He's right. He's still as available. There's no social distance. I should still be taking (laughs) my own time reading the Bible and reading the word and praying and connecting with my friends. Connecting in community, whatever that happens to look like during this season. Yeah. And I think that um, uh, I should be doing more of it. 100%. I should be doing way more of it. But uh, my, the way, as much as I did it before, is the same amount as I do it now, even pre COVID in church to now online. And so I think that's the biggest question that I raise now is I wish that would have, that would have been a question on yours. The amount of time that you spend with God daily, has it changed? That would have been interesting. Mm. Yeah. Because in a sense it shouldn't. Right. right? But in a sense it probably would. That's really interesting because I've 
yeah, I, I haven't really thought about like how much Sunday morning, like what all happens in a Sunday morning, like how much time I spend in community, how much time I spend talking to others and learning from them outside of just worship and preaching. I Maybe that's why I'm missing church so much is I haven't set aside time in my week to get that filled I normally mm-hmm. have. So yeah, that's really interesting because... Well, it's the biggest thing we've we've mentioned. It's just the community part, the community aspect. Yeah, mm-hmm. but because yeah, when when church ended, we were all like, "Oh, yeah, gotta get worship and mm-hmm. uh, teaching back on back to everybody." But right, how many of us actually took time to be like, "Oh yeah, I need to fill up with my friends and stuff." Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, and 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 some of the ways that we're now having to do that through. Zoom through Skype. I mean, here in Manitoba, we're starting to meet in person a lot more often, but a lot of the ways we were doing that for a while were not ideal. So it was pretty difficult to replace that. Kind of the last thing I wanted to touch on with this article, I wanted to get your feedback on this. So one thing that I was thinking about was, okay, 50%, for whatever reasons, maybe they're finding it in other places. We can talk about, you know, we can look at that a few different ways, but at the end of the day, half of Christian practicing Christian millennials <laughs> say they are not engaging with church online right now. And I think that may not surprise us, but I think that would surprise a lot of older church leaders who think online is the key to getting yeah. young people. Yeah. You are young people, you go online and <laughs> they'll just flock to you. And it turns out, no, that isn't actually happening hmm. when you go online exclusively right now, because we have to, uh, you're not getting a ton of young people flocking to you. In fact, 50% are not coming at all. Mm-hmm. So what do you guys think young adults are looking for in the church, if not online engagement? I think we're looking for a healthy balance. I think we need a healthy balance. Too much of something isn't good, but too little of something isn't good. Like it's a balance between what? Between online and in person. I think we're really good for church stuff anyways. I think social media is really good for millennials for for church like daily devotions on on your Bible app. Um mm. looking at Instagram like verses like I know Maddie mentioned it last week. Yeah. To have those reminders on your on Instagram like verses set up. All those little things I think are a good balance for the online church. Um but then we need to have that community at church. And I think that's a balance where I think people are thinking that, oh, it's all online. That means millennials going to be all over it. But it's actually, right. actually, no, we just like social media. <laughs> I think this is a lot of like we're talking about it like church online is lacking. I mean, it's definitely lacking community or it's lacking. Yeah, that in-person touch and feeling. But to be honest, like these are kind of excuses. Like we, if we only had to work with yep. what we have to work with. There is a joy that can be found in that. There is a self-discipline that we can probably gain for that. Like if this was what it was, then we, if like forever, then we would get used to it or we'd have to find another way to make it work. But yeah, I think I can make excuses a hundred different ways about why I'm not going there. The worship wasn't my favorite this week. Like, you know, it's the same as even in person. I don't Mm -hmm. think I would complain the same way as it, it was on person as it is online. Like I know even that's sometimes maybe a generational thing, like where you can complain. Um, for me, it's a lot easier to complain when they're not in front of me. <laughs> um, I, ju- I just think this is something that it's probably just in my head. Like the pieces are there if I'm willing to put the work in. If I'm willing to call someone, 
there's a community aspect there. It's not the same. I just think it's a, it's a huge privilege. It, yeah. Like, and, and I totally take advantage of it thinking, yeah, I could be watching one every day or I could be picking another church or I could be, I don't know. There's a no. hundred different options. Grasp I think it's a huge, <laughs> <laughs> it's a very big privilege that I don't think I've grasped at all that my church has got the technology and the team and the skills and the, the, the generous people in it mm-hmm. to make it happen. Like I haven't grasped that or even thought about it, to be honest. And so I just kind of mm-hmm. think it's there and that's just, it is what it is, but that is such a privilege that we have to still be able to do that. Like mm-hmm. there's, there's gotta be countries out there where they don't have that, yeah. that luxury to still meet in a different way. It's just not meeting. It's just you. <laughs> How terrible. Just you and God. <laughs> like, you know, so it's just different, but yeah, I think it's such a privilege. And then when I think about it, the pieces are there. It's just me being like, well, it's not the same. And so I don't want to, yeah, it's right there. It's yeah. so easy. I don't, I'll just make breakfast instead. Like, yeah, I think you said yeah. it too. Like we're just, it's kind of too many excuses that are so easy to find that we just don't get to the nitty gritty of it and just say, no, we just did it like pick up our act and, and, and do it. Because like I said before, how my relationship with Christ is between me and God. It's not between me, God, and the people around me at church and my pastor mm-hmm. to me and God, Cam is still a great preacher on TV as he was in person. Like there's no difference. Right. So what, and I think Maddie said, it. I think we're just a bunch of excuses that are too easy to make. So we're just making them and we kind of, we kind of like it there. And by we, I mean, I like, I've definitely made this. Oh, excuses. me too. I still make, I, I, yeah, yeah. yeah. no, for sure. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the interview part of Canvas Conversations. Uh, As you guys know, during this part of our podcast, we're taking time to sit down with people in our community. And the point of this is to get to know them better, to hear more about their stories, uh, things that have happened in the past where they've seen God at work, and in their current season, what they're learning or relearning about God. Uh, Today, I'm very fortunate to be sitting down with uh, a good friend of mine, someone I've grown to really Uh, appreciate and like and respect in the Canvas community. Uh, He's been part of our Canvas worship teams for the last year or so, playing acoustic guitar on one of the teams. And we're excited to have him here today. So Jonah, hello. Hey, thank you for having me. Of course. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Uh, So Jonah, I'm sure that people will recognize your name, know who you are, but maybe don't know a ton about you, uh, those listening. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, where you're from, how long you've lived in Manitoba, that kind of thing, and uh, what you're up to now, what you fill your time with. The other thing I'll ask about is nicknames. Uh, This summer, (laughs) we're asking everyone to share a couple nicknames they've had in their life, uh, whether they've liked the names or not. So go ahead. Tell us a little bit about yourself. I was born in Winnipeg, Victoria General Hospital. Um, Yeah, never really saw fit to move away, I guess. Right. So that's why I'm still living here. Um, right now, I work construction mm-hmm. uh, in between semesters at university, where I'm going for hopefully an education degree so I can be a high school science teacher. Hmm, uh, cool. It'd be fun, yeah. I think. Uh, yeah. What is it about? Hi- like, so there's two things there high school and science. So, yeah. what is it about high school? What is it about science? Okay. Well, I love science. 
I love math, science, all that whole nine Great. yards. I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah, I know exactly, right? Especially because I'm going to go teach it. Well, that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was more, always more of kind of a like English writing yeah. languages guy back yeah. in high school. Yeah. So you seem like you might have been good at that too, though. I've I've always like really admired that, but never actually thought I was like as good. Like I, I knew like what really good like English looked like, right? But I could never really write it the way I wanted it to. So it was really frustrating. Okay, that's why I liked science because it's kind of like you can do it right the first time, you know? Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's poetic. You are an English person after all. Exactly. In uh, high school, what is it about high school that draws you yeah. to that? I've spent a bit of time working with like kids and youth and stuff like that. And I've just always loved that and found that really, really cool. Hmm. And yeah, just really enjoyed working with young people. And so sort of combining the two things I'm really passionate about and really mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. um, thought it'd be a really good blend of those. Cool. Um, yeah. So that's sort of my, originally I was actually, this is sort of a new plan that I've, I've had. Originally I was actually uh, planning to be an engineer right? and I got like uh, the go ahead from the university to go into that uh, right out of high school. Right. And so I had kind of everything all set up for this. Mm -hmm. And then through a series of events that my sort of ideas on all that sort of shifted. And I decided that, you know, I guess that this would be sort of what would be more fulfilling, what mm -hmm. I think is is better in line with what God's gifted me at. So, hmm. wow, very interesting. I might want to actually come back to that and hear a little bit more about those giftings and how you hope to use them in your future career as a teacher. Uh, but before we get there, we you, we don't want to miss the oh, nicknames. No. Okay, so, tell us sorry. a little bit about your nicknames. Yeah, I don't want to short you guys on that one. So, okay, <laughs> uh, two very notable nicknames come to mind. Yeah. Um, first of all, um, I'm going to start with my my earliest nickname. Um, so. My, I have an aunt who shortens literally everyone's name. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so obviously yours my, is only two syllables. There's yeah, not a lot to yeah. work with there. I got turned into Joe pretty early, sure. like yeah. within one month of being, sense. Yeah. so that's like my, that's my, my go-to nickname. Uh, my grandma, however, didn't think that Joe was cute enough for her first grandson. Right. So, um, for, for the last 20 years, I have been Jonah Bear. Jonah Bear. That yeah. is the cutest yeah. thing I've ever it's, heard. It's kind of adorable actually, <laughs> but uh actually it's the first time i've shared it with a large number of people wow so, yeah. folks you heard it here first <laughs> exactly. on the canvas conversations podcast we're now calling jonah jonah no, bear because no it's so <laughs> cute we can't not call you that uh, um yeah the second nickname that really stands out is uh i worked at a day camp where okay. the staff just gave everyone nicknames right like half the kids had nicknames and you didn't know their real name by the end well you didn't know their real name you just didn't call them by that we were good leaders, okay? We weren't actually terrible <laughs> you people. You actually learned their names. Wow. But yeah, but we gave everyone nicknames at camp. Right. Uh, and so I was Jonesy for like five years Jonesy. to the camp community. So that You've was pretty fun. good nicknames. Those are yeah. all good, yeah. solid nicknames. None of them were really insulting. Right. I've been given a couple of them, mostly by people that I work with. Sure. But <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. They're mostly as jokes, I hope, I think. <laughs> I'm sure they are. Yes. You, well, uh, I'll, I'll get in touch with your coworkers and tell them to call you Jonah Bear. I, oh, I yeah. That, that that'd would, be wonderful. <laughs> really liven up the workforce. Cool. Well, thanks for sharing that. Yeah, for I, sure. I, I think that nicknames are kind of a fun way to get to know parts of somebody's story, no, even definitely. though yeah. um, they can be kind of funny. Uh, so one thing we're we're talking about this summer, Jonah, is trying to hear a little bit more uh, from each person we talk to about a season in their life in the past where they saw God at work. 
Um, and that can be in a really positive way. It can be a really hard season. Um, but if you wouldn't mind telling us about a time in your life, a season where you saw God working in a significant way in your life. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay. I got a couple, Sure. but the one that I felt most, um, convicted about sharing mm -hmm. is a little bit heavier. Okay. So, yeah. but, um, yeah, so, so buckle up, I guess. No. <laughs> I've shared this with a couple of people and um, yeah. So um, some of you may know this, um, some may not, but my early teen years and, and mid teens were a pretty rough time actually. Hmm. Like I, I like mentally was not in a good place at all for like probably like a good five year stretch. And hmm. so that was just a time where I really learned um, how to see God fighting for you. Hmm. Uh like I've, I've, I can probably say that I honestly probably won't, won't ever feel my need for him as much as I did then. Like I'll, obviously I'll need him just as much, but right. um, that was just a season where, I don't know, as, as a young teen, you're kind of finding out who you are and, mm -hmm. and figuring out stuff. And I was a bit of kind of a, a loner or hmm. lonely soul kind of kid. It was, it was kind of, it was kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just, I felt really, really alone and depressed hmm. and, and and just kind of sad all the time hmm. it was a pretty pretty bad season actually um i don't like to talk about it very much but i am talking about it today yeah but yeah thanks for thanks for sharing about it yeah and if you don't mind me yeah, asking sure. a couple questions about it so uh, you you say i think you said that you weren't in a good place uh, that is or a yeah. similar phrase is what you used to describe it yeah um and then you mentioned being lonely being depressed is that sort of how you characterize where your head was at where your mental health was at during that season yeah for sure mm. um yeah I, I talked to a number of like psychologists and counselors and stuff like that and I, they all put me like decently high up on that on that scale actually right as, as a child and so mm. yeah it was it was scary I think for me um not really understanding like as like a you know 14 14, 15 year old kid, yep. not really understanding what to, what to do or what to think. Yep. Uh, and for my parents as well, who are just kind of figuring out this as well. So, mm -hmm. um, by the way, my parents are incredible people. If you for ever sure. met them, you'd love them. <laughs> uh, they're wonderful. What are their names? Uh, Danielle and Cornelius. What? Yeah. Your dad's name is it's a, Cornelius? It's a, it's a great combo. Oh, yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah. And Danielle's a lovely name, but very common yes. next to Cornelius, which yeah. is very unique. <laughs> it's it's a bit of a bit of a stretch right honestly i misspell it about 40 percent of the time too so <laughs> there's a tricky i you'll... before e type thing going on there <laughs> so one day, one day you'll get it oh man uh, so yeah. so jody you mentioned um that and i like the way you said that that it was during that season that you saw god at work uh sort of in a in a more significant way and that you'll you'll always need him as much as you did then but that at the time it maybe you saw it more clearly. Uh, yeah. So can you speak to that a little bit? What did it mean for you, uh, for God to be there for you back then? What did that look like in your life? Yeah. Um, I had, um, yeah, just, I had, I had a, a counselor who, who was, um, he was really, really, he's a really, really good guy, really interesting guy. Mm -hmm. um, and basically uh, at the moment I'd been dealing with a lot of you know, feelings of really low, low worth and low value. And I didn't think like I was, I just thought it was kind of a drain or whatever. And, um, mm. and like unworthy of love. Right. And, uh, he basically, he walked me through this, 
this sort of listening prayer exercise that he he'd come up with or he'd heard of mm-hmm. uh where it's just you you just stay you stay quiet and you just ask god to tell him what he thinks of you mm. and uh yeah i did that basically every night for like three years mm. um and it was just like the most encouraging thing it's crazy mm. um yeah just the things being able to it's to pray and ask God for him to reveal his heart for you mm-hmm. uh, and just how he loves. Cause I think he, he, he'll show that to you every single time. Wow. That was at least, that was my experience with that. Wow. That's a really powerful exercise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was a huge help in my life. It was, I don't know, sort of like a, a lifeline or a lighthouse. You can say that was like the best, um, that's the best metaphor I can come up with for it. Uh, like, like there's like a storm and there's waves and it's pitch black and Mm -hmm. you don't really know what's going on and stuff, but Mm -hmm. you know that there's going to be that, that same signal from that same place. And it's going to be the exact same message every single time. Right. Like he's like, you're my son. I love you. Mm -hmm. Um, and you have infinite value. Like just that every single night, uh, it's very cool to have that, to, to feel like that's being spoken over, over you by the one who's um who's created you right right it's it's a very yeah it was very um it was probably the thing that kept me through that right like yeah i don't know where i'd be or or what i'd be doing if i didn't hadn't met that guy and hadn't Hmm. um walked through that sort of exercise or or understood um just how much i was loved right yeah that's so encouraging to hear like and thanks for sharing that because that's such a tangible thing we can look at. You know, often we will say um, that God is with us during hard seasons, and that's certainly always true. But it's really interesting to hear you say, and here's the kind of specific, tangible ways that I was able to remind myself and to hear from him and his voice about, you know, who I was and what my purpose and my identity was. Like, that's, um, I think, so powerful to be reminded yeah. of during hard seasons and then to hold on to that during other seasons in life as well. Yeah, for sure. And kudos to that counselor um, yeah. for, for sharing that exercise with you. Like that's, that's yeah, profound. Sure. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful. I wouldn't say like, it's like a be all end all, obviously, but like I was 15 and I was like super depressed and I wasn't, I didn't have the time or the, I guess I did have the time. I had a lot of time, but I didn't have right. the, uh, the kind of the, the urge to, to get up and like go open the scriptures and listen to a bunch of like worship and immerse myself in that sort of thing. I, it was, um, which I probably should have, I'm not going to lie. It would have been right. also equally helpful. <laughs> sure. But just having that one thing to lean on um, was definitely, yeah, I'm very, very grateful for that. Absolutely. Wow. Very cool. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that yeah, with us, John. For sure. Uh, and as you look into today, sort of into the, away from the past and now into the present, uh, what we're asking people to also share is what they've been learning uh, and we've been wording it this way, learning or relearning about God during the season. And we say relearning because I think that for a lot of young adults, especially those of us who grew up in the church, yeah, for there's sure. a lot of things about God that we may kind of know already on an intellectual level, but then it seems like in young adulthood, and I'm willing to bet probably for the rest of our lives, <laughs> yeah. we we relearn those things in the, in the sense that we experience them or understand them on a more personal level. Uh, so I'm curious, in this season of your life today, as you're in school working towards uh, these goals, as you're working, 
as you're serving in the church? What are some things that you're learning or, or relearning in your relationship with God? Yeah, for sure. Um, one of the things I've, I've noticed, um, at work and I've, I've worked at the same sort of place and I've been around the same sort of people at school for a while now. Um, and just realized that like, I'm, I'm like the, the only Christian that's kind of in close proximity to, to my knowledge, to a lot of my, my friends and coworkers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, just been convicted lately. Um, especially this summer that it's like being like me being a Christian ever, it's not just good enough for me to like swear less and drink less than all of them and stuff sure. like that. Like that's not what being a witness necessarily looks like. Right. That's just like trying to be a better person. Right. And like, yeah, that's the sort of thing. Like, I feel like you could do that on your own strength. So therefore it's not really like super, super meaningful or right. it's not like a, you yeah. need the Holy spirit. Right. Those are maybe good lifestyle changes, yeah, exactly. but not necessarily the kind of inner transformation. Yeah. It's, it's not radical enough for, mm. for the gospel. Like it's, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm realizing that I need to be doing more. I need to be, you know, like uh, I've known them for long enough. And I know what's going on in their life and stuff like that. I need to be almost more intentional, I think. Right. Um, yeah. I've been convicted that I've been like just sort of, sort of guilty of, I, I want to say guilty of being like just another good person. Mm. I just like, Oh, Jonah's a Christian. We all know that. Cause he's just like a goody two shoes or whatever. Okay. Right. Yeah. Like, but no, like actually this is something for, for you too. Like this isn't just like about me trying to be good and, and you know, it's, it's actually about um, this life change hmm. that I've had in this, acceptance in this this love that i have now hmm. wow um and yeah there's some there's some pretty i mean this year especially with some of my coworkers, i can't obviously get into it but there's been some mm-hmm. pretty heavy stuff going on in some of their families and right and so just seeing the burden of that and wanting to to help and be like well actually like the only way i actually can help is is through jesus like there's there's nothing else i can actually offer Wow. Me being me trying to be like a good person isn't actually enough, right? Yeah. yeah. So you're learning in this season, sort of, uh, what Christianity has, what our faith has to offer people is less about behavior modification, yeah, and, exactly, and maybe more about a genuine transformation and, no, and yeah. genuine relationship. Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And then I'm sure, as I said, with the whole relearning piece, like that's likely something you knew maybe on a theoretical I've heard that level so many times of course, exactly. right yeah and that's like, a classic absolutely piece. yeah it's not a religion <laughs> it's a relationship like that whole idea no exactly um but then yeah in real world situations with certain coworkers who have names and stories and histories yeah uh to understand that truth in their in that context kind of brings a whole new life and and color to it no true yeah, yeah. for sure cool yeah and it's 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 honestly way harder to like to be intentional with your faith mm. and like go up to that guy who's who's you know he's been having like a really really rough time and and you've been praying for him and go up and tell him that you've been praying for him and ask if there's anything specific like that's that's way scarier yeah than just like you know trying not to like cuss sure <laughs> right yep yeah yep for sure but way more impactful and yeah and christ-like i think no for sure yeah, yeah. cool 
Well, thanks for sharing that with us, Jonah. Yeah, for um, sure. Before we go, do you have any, we're asking people for resource recommendations. So this can be podcasts or books or music uh, that mm. you've been enjoying recently or that are significant to you that you'd want to share with the young adults community. I really enjoy uh, a good book. Mm-hmm. And um, honestly, sometimes like the deeper and the more philosophical, the better. So I've been I've been working through like the complete works of C.S. Lewis for some time now, wow, and I can't reckon I can't recommend those enough. Like, right? If you want a like a good crash course in just the basics of like the Christian worldview and like how that kind of fits in with like hum- humans and and how we think, mm-hmm. I couldn't. I'd be hard pressed to come up with. I mean, I'm not very well read, but I'd be hard pressed to come up with a better right example of that if somebody let's say somebody's listening yeah and they've heard of c.s lewis because most people have chronicles, uh, narnia, chronicles of narnia lion the witch in the wardrobe yeah <laughs> very good let's say that they've never read a non-fiction book oh, yeah. by c.s lewis yeah. what would be the best one in your opinion to start with i'd say the four loves is really good also mere christianity obviously that's a classic fantastic that's yep. a classic book it's amazing yeah uh i've read it like five times and it wow. gets better hmm. um on top of that, like music stuff, um, I know I'm like a couple months like late on this, but I have not been able to put down the uh, Hillsong Awake album. Okay, that's yeah, Hillsong Worship's yeah, Awake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's incredible. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's song, like there's songs in there that just get me every time. Like it's so good. Mm-hmm. So much gospel in that album. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Well, we'll put a link to an Amazon link for the C.S. Lewis book oh, yeah. and collection. Yeah. that you mentioned, as well as a Spotify link to that album in the show notes. Uh, Jonah, Very cool. thank you for being here with us thank and for sharing so part of your story with us. Yeah, uh, sure. Friends, if you join me over this next week in continuing to pray for Jonah, uh, keep him in your thoughts, in your prayers, and specifically, uh, let's pray for Jonah in reference to his work, that over the summer as you continue to work, that you would find those opportunities um, to share the love of Christ with your coworkers in meaningful ways. Yeah, thanks, Don. Thanks, Jonah. Thanks for listening to Canvas Conversations on the Canvas Young Adults Podcast from Grant Memorial Church. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast so that you don't miss a show. Also, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at at CanvasGMC. If Colin's in your family chats and I'm not, I'm so hurt.